Gentlemen, start your engines. Uh, you're coming out about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, it is the week after Hurricane Ian. It's sort of like everything's getting back to normal. And uh it's uh it's amazing how resilient people are. And this area is, I was up in St. Augustine yesterday walking around and I expected honestly to see a lot of businesses closed and to see a lot of damage. And other than seeing a really nice sailboat beached, uh, that was pretty destroyed and which was sad to see that I, I didn't really see any damage. It looks like everything's been cleaned up and pretty much everything was open in St. Augustine. So that was really neat to see. I, I had a really great day uh, yesterday and uh, everything here in Palm Coast seems to be back to normal as well. Uh, a lot to get into in tonight's news, but I want to start with probably the most disturbing story. And I have to tell you a little bit more about the, the backstory of being banned from YouTube. YouTube went through uh, my channel and they were really stalking me for several months, taking down videos and in particular, anytime I talked about the mark of the beast, they would take that video down if that was anywhere in the title. And I thought that was kind of odd, right? Because I know that they're really looking out for people giving election misinformation and misinformation about COVID, uh, quote unquote, you know, what they consider to be misinformation about those two topics. But why the mark of the beast? Why are they stalking my channel taking down any type of um, video where I was discussing the mark of the beast. And uh, I find this very interesting and disturbing. And if you're not convinced that there will be a mark of the beast, you got to uh, realize what happened this week if you missed this in the news. So PayPal, the online, PayPal, the online payment uh, portal, uh, came up with a scheme this week that they announced which would find people uh, something like $2,000 or $2,500 uh, for sharing misinformation online. And, and I love how they describe this. All these portals do the same thing. They, they have this phrase of uh, sharing misinformation. And then, of course, they are the ones that get to decide what is and what is not misinformation. Um, so this is what they announced. And it got a lot of media coverage and a lot of criticism. And it turns out now that they've reversed course and they're not going to do this. Well, we already know that PayPal has taken away people's accounts uh, because they disagreed with the information that uh, they were sharing online. And, and here's what's disturbing about this. On the one hand, you can almost understand it, I guess, intellectually on a certain level. If let's say you're on Twitter and you share something on Twitter and Twitter doesn't like it and they take down your post or they take away your account. 
as unfair as that seems, at least there's some kind of a connection between what is happening. You know, if Facebook sees something you post, they don't like it. They take it down or they take away your account. At least there's some kind of a connection there, right? But the idea that PayPal can basically police your entire life. And if you do something or say something that uh, violates their policies, that they're going to take away your PayPal account uh, seems very, very draconian to me, very 1984, uh, if you will. And really uh, seems like the beginning stages of the mark of the beast. You won't be able to buy or sell unless you take the mark of the beast, the mark of the Antichrist. And this is the kind of thing where uh, it really it really threatens uh, our constitutional rights, the right to have free speech. And I was listening to a libertarian show uh, last night, and they seem to have this sort of Pollyannish view that, well, if PayPal bans you, then you just go out and you find another platform. And I really think that Trump missed the opportunity during his first term and maybe in his second term, he'll have a chance to address this. But these companies have created literal monopolies. I mean, there is really about seven or eight companies that control the entire Internet. And whether it's Google that owns all search and owns YouTube or whether it's PayPal, which seems to own most of the payment processing or it's Twitter or Facebook, these companies have a monopoly within their niche. And when you get kicked off of PayPal or you get kicked off of Facebook uh, or one of these sites, uh, it is debilitating if you're somebody that makes your living. Uh, I was going to say online, but even if you make your living offline, uh, it it really takes away your ability to make a living in, in a very significant way. And uh, it was interesting to see PayPal backpedal on this, but we still know that PayPal has uh, taken away people's accounts where they disagree with information that they're sharing. And again, uh, I'm not for you know, let's say unlimited dangerous free speech. I mean, if somebody is is literally uh, promoting terrorism or promoting anti-Semitism, uh, you know, I if they're if they're promoting racist content, I get that. But they've started to narrow this down uh, to where it's very difficult, honestly, as a conservative and in particular as a Christian to be able to have any kind of a platform anymore to share your viewpoint uh, and to not be censored or to be completely banned from platforms. And as I mentioned a moment ago, uh, just, you know, finding that uh, YouTube has had taken down so many of my videos where I talked about the mark of the beast. Uh, I mean, that is my religious belief that I believe in Bible prophecy. And I believe at some point, there will be a mark of the beast as described in the book of Revelation. I believe that. And we're already seeing a precursor to that. Um, this whole idea of, uh, you know, controlling people through these kinds of punishments, um, so-called, you know, social credits and so forth. This is happening already in China. And it's now happening here in the United States. And I, I really, really hope that if Trump or someone like a DeSantis does get back in the White House, that this will be addressed because these companies like PayPal are almost like utilities. It would be like back in the day, somebody turning off your phone line 
if they didn't like what you said to a friend on during a phone call. Uh, this is the same thing. These are utilities. There's about really less than 10 of these companies that control uh, the Internet. And Trump really, you know, he promised to take on these companies and he really did not. And I think it was a missed opportunity. So whether it's Trump or DeSantis or whoever gets in uh, here in this next cycle, which I think it's definitely going to be a Republican, uh, really needs to address this issue. And I'm personally researching. I know DeSantis did something here in Florida with social media and and uh, going after these guys for banning people. And I'm really uh, curious to look into that to see how that might apply to my personal ban from YouTube. Uh, but uh, this is distressing to see this. And uh, PayPal did back down this time. Uh, but who's to say uh, that other companies won't do this? We've already seen this with banks and cryptocurrency. We've shared stories. I talk about this in my book, The 90-Minute Bitcoin Quick Start, of banks, big banks like Bank of America, taking away people's bank accounts because they work in the cryptocurrency industry. Uh, this is, you know, something that is is happening. So the question is, what personal rights do we still have? What personal freedoms do we still have? Freedom of expression, freedom to share our opinions, freedom to share our religious and spiritual viewpoints without being banned from these portals, uh, these eight or 10 portals that literally control the Internet. Uh, so Putin is calling this bridge attack in Crimea. He's calling it a quote unquote terrorist act uh, by uh, the Ukrainians. And I don't know, this is something that's always confused me is when you are in war, what is considered an act of war that is within the rules of war? And then what is considered terrorism that kind of goes outside of the rules of war? Now, blowing up a bridge for a supply line I mean, this was textbook fighting in World War II. Uh, this is, I mean, standard uh, war gaming. You blow up bridges of supply lines. I don't understand what would be unusual about this, but Putin is calling this a terrorist attack. Uh, this uh, truck bomb that blew up a bridge uh, in Crimea that really took away one of their main supply lines. So one of the, the things that military, the military strategists know how to do is take out bridges, but there are also countermeasures. There are ways to quickly put in temporary bridges, which is what they do in war. And that's what they did in World War II was to rebuild bridges and to put in temporary bridges because these are critical supply lines and, uh, you know, ways for troops to cross and tanks to cross, that sort of thing. But it raises the specter that... Putin may ratchet things up and they uh, continue to, to there continues to be a buzz and a question about whether Putin will use uh, nuclear uh, weapons or maybe some of these smaller nukes uh, that would not necessarily be a major nuke, but a, a smaller nuke uh, to try to uh, end the war with the Ukraine. This Herschel Walker abortion drama continues to escalate. I love Herschel Walker, not just as an athlete, but I love the idea of him being a senator. I think this would be tremendous. I love to see African-Americans 
uh, getting into office in particular as conservatives because we need to have uh, more conservative representation. I know that there's a tremendous number of African-Americans that are conservative politically, uh, but we just don't see them rise to power uh, as they should. And I love to see Herschel Walker, um, you know, running for Senate. I'd love to see him win. And I hate to say it, but they seem to be unearthing more and more evidence about him having a, a large number of relationships with women. And I hope it's not true that he paid for an abortion. I hope the allegations turn out to be false, but man, are they going after him? And it's almost like every day another shoe drops. There are now texts that seem to support somewhat the idea, at least that he had a relationship with this woman, maybe even a child with this woman that is now claiming that he paid for a past abortion. I just I said this on my social media this week. I hope it's not true. I love Herschel Walker. I'd love for him to turn out to be the man that he appears to be and to get into the Senate. Uh, but I'm concerned about some of this information. And again, uh, just hope and pray that uh, it's not true and that uh, he does have a successful Senate run. Well, there's more buzz continuing about Ripple XRP. I, I read an article today about Ripple suggesting that it has presently one of the strongest crypto charts of all the cryptocurrencies. And it is doing well, uh, back again a little bit above 50 cents. And I'm actually considering putting some new money into Ripple at this price level. And there's a lot, we talked about it last week, there's a lot of people talking about this uh, Securities and Exchange Commission litigation and whether or not that could be getting wrapped up soon. And if it does, what that means for the price of Ripple, could it go to, uh, as I mentioned last week, an article suggesting Ripple could quickly go to $20. That means uh, that you could have a 40-fold increase. That means $1,000 could turn into $40,000. Now, I'm not guaranteeing this or even predicting it, but I've always said that Ripple is still one of those opportunities. I think there's a great story behind Ripple when you look at the use argument, which is that it would be used uh, in the banking industry, it would be used to replace wires. Uh, it, it certainly seems like it has um, a, a great use story, and it has been uh, largely adopted worldwide by several major banks. I love the story behind Ripple. I think it has a tremendous amount of potential. And if this SEC lawsuit goes away, whether it's settled or dismissed, I see a much higher price for Ripple. $20, maybe, that could be possible. Uh, but Ripple, uh, again, looking very good, just above 50 cents. And uh, the article today I was reading talked about how strong its, its uh, technical uh, chart looks presently. So Meta, the company that owns Facebook, announced that more than 1 million users may have had their login information stolen. And I continue to wonder how this can happen in this day and age and this technology that we have today, how people can still hack in and steal passwords like this en masse where they can get a million passwords. But apparently this is what has happened. Now, what I have done with my Facebook and, and really all of my login accounts um, that are important to me. I'm using two-step authentication. 
That is, you have to log in and then you get a second uh, authentication, whether it's a text to your phone or whether it's um, using Google Authenticator. Uh, I use also now biometrics. I'm pretty much using my fingerprint uh, on my phone now to log into all my important accounts, including my bank account. Uh, so if you do, uh, I mean, who doesn't, but I mean, if you have Facebook, which I think most people do, uh, whether they're not, they're saying they're notifying those people that might have been compromised. I'm not sure I'd wait for that notification. I'd probably be in there right away, changing my username and password. And here's the tricky thing that they're not going to tell you is if you use that same username and password on another site, you need to change it there also. And this is something that people do. They get in the habit of using the same username and password uh, over multiple sites. And then they don't realize that, well, you know, my Facebook password and username was stolen. So I'm going to change it there, but I'm not going to change it on these other sites. Well, if that username uh, and password, that password combination is hacked, what hackers will do then is try to use that on your other sites, social media, banking, other sites that you have. So if you're using that same uh, password combination somewhere else outside of Facebook, you need to also change it there. Well, I posted this on my Facebook this week just to get people's reactions I asked people, do you put out decorations for Halloween? And I got, you know, a, a variety of answers. Largely, people said, no, I don't decorate for Halloween. I do have fall decorations. But a lot of things have changed. I remember my mother growing up in Chicago. She was big into decorating for every holiday. So for Halloween, she put up all these like little paper skeletons in the windows and pumpkins and things like that. She was always one to go over the top and decorate. And we always dressed up, you know, for Halloween. We were characters like Batman and Superman, things like that. It was a very harmless holiday for us as kids. We could walk literally blocks away from our home and trick or treating get candy. And there was never any worry that we might get a razor blade in, in, in a piece of candy or be poisoned. We just trusted people and a lot has changed. And I think uh, Christians in particular have decided that Halloween is Satan's holiday. And I don't really disagree with that, but I also think that you can take Satan's holiday Halloween and you can uh, celebrate it as a Christian in your own Christian way. And a lot of churches have come up with fall festivals, fall festivals and trunk or treat and other alternatives to quote unquote Halloween. And I certainly think that's okay, but I'm curious to get people's feedback. Uh, send me an email, Jim at ChristianMoney.com. What do you think about Halloween? Do you decorate it all? Uh, do you put out anything special for fall? Do you let your kids dress up and go get candy or not? Uh, what's your thought? What are your thoughts about your church doing an alternative uh, type of an event for Halloween, a trunk or treat or a or a fall festival? I'm curious to get people's feedback on this because it seems like, I don't know, in more recent years, maybe since I've been an adult, it seems that Halloween has become uh, more of a controversial holiday in particular for Christians that are recognizing really the origins of it and wanting to stay away from it. Uh, but I'm seeing like when you go out to Home Depot, 
a tremendous amount of of decorations. And I, I read the other day that second to Christmas, people spend the most on Halloween for decorations and other items, candy and everything else. Halloween is the second um, most expensive holiday of the year, which I would have never guessed that the second behind Christmas and people I've got a neighbor just on the street. It looks like they spent maybe a thousand dollars or more on all kinds of giant things on their lawn that glow and blow up. And, uh, you know, they've got just a whole big uh, presentation on their front lawn themed around Halloween, including some pretty scary stuff. They've got like a Jason with the hockey mask and a knife at their front door. Uh, some people really get into Halloween and Home Depot is all decked out with all the stuff you can buy for Halloween. And I was there last week buying wood to fix my fence and they've already got all the Christmas stuff out, all the Christmas trees, all of the um, the tacky Christmas stuff. Like they've got a big giant Grinch. They've got all the big blow up Santa Clauses and things that you can put on your front lawn. And uh, a lot of people, including me, have gotten away with uh, just buying one of these little laser light deals where you put this out in your driveway and then it 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 puts the laser lights on your house. And that's probably what I'm going to do again this year is use the laser light thing instead of putting out any lights. Well, I did a video today, a uh, live video on Facebook, and I talked about, you know, what's happening in the mortgage market, the the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is now getting really darn close to 7%. And in my video, I made three points. And I want to just review that here with you because I know not all of you get my live videos on Facebook. So with interest rates getting close to 7%, three things to think about. Number one, you don't have to get a 7% rate. There are ways that you can get a buy-down, that is paying money up front, to get a lower interest rate. And one of the really creative ways to do this, if you're buying a home is to, instead of having the seller discount the price of the house, have them contribute maybe three or $4,000 towards a buy down on the interest rate. That's one great thing you can build into a real estate contract to make a payment more affordable and to get you closer to 6% instead of that 7% rate. Uh, secondly, if you think buying is is out of you know out of reach right now that it's too expensive to buy because rates are too high consider where rents are and i just did a calculation i analyzed this both for the city i live in and some nearby cities and the truth is that rent is going up too so if you think you're going to save money by not buying look at where rents are today Rents are going up just along uh, side of interest rates and present day rents are not going to save you any money. In fact, I would still argue that in most cities in the United States, it is cheaper to own even with these high interest rates than it is to pay rent. And then the third point I would make is this. If you go down the road, say two years or three years out and look at where rents are going to be, or even five years out, uh, rents are going to be a lot higher than they are today, but yet your mortgage payment will be locked in and fixed at today's level. And if rates come back down in a year or two, you can always refinance. One thing I like to say is you marry the house, but you date the interest rate. 
That is the house is your long-term decision. Your long-term commitment is to buying that house. But the interest rate is not something you're locked into long-term. You can always refinance when rates come back down, which I believe they will in a year or two as we get into another presidential cycle. So remember, uh, I am back in the mortgage industry. If you are going to get a mortgage in Florida, I can work with you personally. If you're in one of the other states, I can uh, still talk to you and find out what your objective is and then refer you to one of my associates in your state. Visa is now partnering with FTX to roll out crypto debit cards in 40 countries. I think this is fascinating, and I really think this is significant. Once we start to see the credit card companies partnering with cryptocurrency, I think that really is a great sign for mass adoption for cryptocurrency. Because honestly, there are still a lot of places that you can't, you know, most places you can't spend your cryptocurrency. But if you had cryptocurrency and it was on your Visa card, how easy would that be to just simply use your Visa card? So I really think this combination of these debit cards with cryptocurrency is really the key to the mass adoption of cryptocurrency. I love to see stories like this Visa rolling out crypto debit cards in 40 countries. Now, this is a scam being that I'm back in the mortgage industry, that we're getting warned about every single day. We're getting warned about this. Those of us that work in the mortgage industry, it is the stolen wire scam. And it is a very simple scam, but it is a very effective scam. And it is literally uh, costing people hundreds of millions of dollars across the country. And how this works is you're getting ready to close on your home. And you know you're going to have to wire money into the title company for closing. And so these scammers uh, find out that you're about to close on a house and they send you fake wire instructions. So you're thinking, well, my closing is tomorrow. I'm expecting an email from the title company with wire instructions. So you get an email that appears to be from the title company but yet it's a scammer with fake wire information. And I saw a story today. It was so sad. They profiled a guy in New York that had lost all of the money, his life savings that he had set aside uh, to pay for a house. And he was wiring this six figure sum of money. He thought to the closing and it was actually to a scammer. And once that wire goes out, it's almost impossible for that to be retrieved. That money is gone. And these scammers are experts at moving that money quickly uh, around the globe to where it can't be traced. And so you always want to double check. I think it's worth a phone call to call the title company and say, Hey, I just want to confirm this email is from you. And this wire information is from you to make that phone call and double check. Uh, ask your realtor to double check. Ask your loan officer to double check. It is a problem. It is a growing problem. The stolen wire scam. It's a simple scam, but one that seems to continue on and on and on. The price of a stamp will soon go up from 60 cents to 63 cents. And I'm kind of a little bit nostalgic. I remember when stamps were, I think a nickel, you could get a book of stamps. My mom would say a book of five cent stamps. She'd give me some money to go in and get a book of five cent stamps for from the post office. And I remember that. And now we're up to 63 cents, I guess, a sign of inflation, but still not a bad deal when you think about it. To be able to 
uh, put a letter in the mailbox, put a stamp on it, and for it to go all the way across the country for less than a dollar, not a bad deal. And honestly, how much mailing do we really do anymore? I don't know about you, but I pay pretty much all my bills online. I do most of my correspondence through email. I don't get a lot of mail anymore. It's mostly just online that I'm doing everything. So uh, I'm not sure this is going to really affect people. I think what affects people is the price of gas, the price of food. Not so sure that anybody's going to care about a jump from 60 cents to 63 cents for a first class stamp. And then we'll close it out with this. Why are reverse mortgages hot again? I was reading an article this week about the new uh, the new season of Blue Bloods, which I love, and Tom Selleck, who I love. And uh, there was sort of a little bit of a jab made in the article about Tom Selleck being a pitch man for reverse mortgages. And for those of you that follow my blog, you know I wrote an article about that. And I also shared how my own mother got a reverse mortgage 17 years ago, and I recommended she do it. And had she not done it, she wouldn't be able to live in the house that she lives in today. And so I've said for years that reverse mortgages are right for the right situation. They're not for everybody, but reverse mortgages are getting to be very hot right now because the price of homes are going up and the cost of living is going up and people have a lot of their wealth tied up in the equity in that home. And if you can turn around and convert that equity into a monthly cash flow or a lump sum of money, uh, why not consider that? Especially if you're, you know, older in your older years and you're struggling financially, a reverse mortgage can really be a great option. And there's so many different ways of structuring it, whether it's getting a monthly check, whether, you know, even if let's say you, you only owe, uh, let's say a little bit on your mortgage now, maybe you've paid it down and you only owe like maybe 40% of the balance, the original balance, you could still get a reverse mortgage. It doesn't have to be totally paid off. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways of structuring it. And you can even structure it so that your family still gets an inheritance. There are ways of putting aside some of that money, uh, buying life insurance, other things that can be done. Uh, one of the things that uh, very popular that I can also help people with are reverse mortgages. If you're in Florida, I can help you with a reverse mortgage. If you're in one of the other states, I can refer you uh, to one of my associates that uh, is licensed in your state. And uh, reverse mortgages might, uh, you know, they, they are a good idea for the right situation. They might be for you. They might not be for you. But uh, if you've got a lot of money tied up in your home, a lot of equity, and you're struggling financially, something to take a look at. Something that I like, again, for the right situation. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, great to be back with you. Remember on Sunday nights, I'll be here for you every week. If it's Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, it's Jim Paris Live. God bless. We'll talk to you next time. So long, everybody.